When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Bob Grill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Grill, a fantasy football podcast, now a video cast as well. You can hear the podcast wherever you get the podcast. Also, you can see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Grill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandGrill.com. That's the easiest way. Well, we're into week two now. The winners this week, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones, each with four TDs. Uh, Derek Henry, 182 and three TDs. Cooper Cup had 163 on nine catches, added two scores. Kyler Murray, 400 yards, four total touchdowns. Lamar Jackson, 107 rushing, a uh, total of three scores. And Tom Brady, five more touchdown passes. So what else is new? Uh, the losers this week, uh, Joe Burrows, three interception. Dak Prescott, he had 237 and an INT, but just didn't have it. Alvin Kamara, eight carries, five yards. Jason Sanders, who did not attempt a field goal or a PAT for Miami. He led last year, he led all fantasy kickers in scoring. Did not even get a chance to put the toe to ball. So we both like Tom Brady and we were right. Matthew Stafford, again, we were right. Hawkinson of Detroit, again, we were right on that. Uh, neither of us were high on Lamar Jackson against the Chiefs and we were wrong there. So I'll leave the comment up to you. <laughs> Next time I say don't pick Lamar Jackson, and apparently I did because you say <laughs> I did, anytime I do that ever again, kick me. Yeah, that's yeah. the wrong choice. <laughs> You know, only three running backs rushed for 100-plus this week. Down one from last week. Only Tony Pollard and Delvin Cook joined uh, Derrick Henry. Now, Pollard is not playing Zeke Elliott two weeks in a row in Dallas. Uh, on the receiving side, McLaurin was the only player to get double-digit catches. The 13 receivers caught over 100 yards with three over 150, including Cortland Sutton and Tyler Lockett. I didn't see that one coming at all. Well, let me just say this to all Bears fans and really all NFL fans and that so far have been saying, well, why isn't Justin Fields playing? And why shouldn't, why wasn't he named the starter of the day one, just like Trevor Lawrence and, and uh, Zach Wilson? Well, here's after two weeks. Let's check these stat lines out. Wilson, in two games, he's completing 55, 55% of his passes. Um what do you have? Four interceptions last week. So he's got a four to five touchdown to interception uh, ratio. Uh, you got uh, Trevor Lawrence is completing 50% of his passes. Um, uh, also with a couple of interceptions last week. And Fields himself um, is only completing just over 50% of his passes. And uh, with one, in, uh, one interception, no touchdowns. And damn near through the interception that lost the game for him last week. So, I say this because patience is a virtue, especially in this league. And come to find out, the oldest guy in the bunch, Tom Brady at 44, yeah. just threw five touchdown passes, got nine on the year after two games. And uh, so I think there's a – even with Justin Fields, and especially so, he doesn't have Mac Jones' defense behind him. Um, he, I think, to, for the most part, makes pretty good decisions. But 
I can also see that, hey, he's going to be a great quarterback. There's nobody's questioning that. But they don't have the team behind him right now, offensively or defensively. I mean, yes, they stepped up a little bit against the Bengals. But, you know, I don't think this team we'll, – we'll find out because as of right now, it looks to be Justin Fields is going to start this coming game. We'll find out and see, though. Well, you know, um, the interesting thing ab about uh, what we're talking about here is more rookie quarterbacks are getting shots. I mean, there's going to be a couple starting this week who we did not expect to have. And, you know, what was it um, Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers said a, a few years ago? Relax. It's early. Relax. Which is kind of what he said again this week yeah. coming into the game. And, and I think he's right. And, you know, Andy Dalton is not going to light the world on fire. But before he got hurt, he was 9 of 11. Through a touchdown pass, he looked efficient. He looked, he looked exactly what they brought him here to do. And I'm not saying that Andy Dalton is this team's forever man. Clearly, Justin Fields is. I and he's a placeholder, you know, one year, maybe two. I, well, he's on a one-year deal. So I, I think this is Justin Fields' team. But I'm, I'm just saying this to caution everybody is, hey, not everybody that gets handed – the starting job as a rookie goes out and lights it up. In fact, it's typically just the opposite. Not everybody's uh, Trevor Lawrence, in other words, right? Well, I mean, Trevor Lawrence hasn't lit it up either. You know, I mean, <laughs> he's Justin getting, Herbert did from the beginning. He, he, he's getting some good stats out there, you know, but he's, I think he's playing above where, you know, he should be playing. And, you know, he's just, you know, I, I think as the season goes along, I think he's going to be, he's going to surpass what Justin Herbert did last year. I, I just see it coming. I, he's just so smooth. Everything, so. It could happen, but he's not operating. The people around Trevor Lawrence and the people around Justin Herbert are on two different levels. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, he could develop into that. Who's saying he can't? But I'm saying it's going to be tough, at least in year one, to get to that level because Justin Herbert did what not a lot of the quarterbacks have ever done. And maybe Joe Burrow would have been that you know, same guy had he stayed healthy. But other than those two, I can't think of a, a right out of the gate starter as a rookie who's come in and lived up start to finish. Let's uh, start with uh, the Thursday night game, Panthers and Texans. Yeah, I'll take a look at the Texans here. Uh, big news is to Sean Watson. The coach says if Tyrod Taylor, who got injured, is out, it won't be Watson. Ty Taylor went on IR. So look for David Mills against Carolina or Jeff Driscoll. It looks like it might be David Mills. Either way, stay away from this one. I think Mark Ingram and Brandon Cooks are our flex plays here. And look who's 2-0 and this year with a bust quarterback, or at least one that people thought was a bust yep. in Sam Donald. Yep. So, okay, now you got the Carolina Panthers, who have really a shift in scenery for Sam Donald and what looks to be a good offensive system one that you can't really say he had his first couple years with the Jets. And then he's got an awesome defense behind him, too. The Carolina Panthers are have given up the fewest yards and passing yards, both running and passing, in the NFL on defense. So he doesn't have to be great. And so far, he's been a very good decision maker. He's thrown the ball accurately. He hasn't, to my knowledge, thrown any interceptions. And he's just playing efficiently, and they're winning games. I can't argue with, you know, the Carolina Panthers have a lot of good players. McCaffrey's one of them. D.J. Moore's another one. Robbie Anderson, the two D.J. Moore and Robbie Anderson together, along with McCaffrey, have given that offense some boost. And I think they got the right guy pulling the trigger right now. 
Sunday, Colts to Titans. Uh, Cole, who surprised me last week, was Michael Pittman. I, I love Michael Pittman. He's a USC wide receiver. I really thought against the Rams, D, he was going nowhere. But instead, he was a 20-plus point guy in PPR fantasy leagues. Uh, Wentz injured both ankles, so that leaves it up to Jacob Eason, second-year player with very little experience against a formidable Titans defense. Now, I, I like Jonathan Taylor to rebound here because I think he's going to get volume. That's the main reason. So I'd call him an RB1 uh, this week. Well, the Colts are tight, are, are talented. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I think the Titans obviously cleared the air with whatever come to Jesus meeting they had this week as a as a team. And all of a sudden now Derrick Henry can run the ball again. Uh Tannehill can pass the ball. They've got weapons. Obviously, Julio Jones responded in whatever way. Maybe it was Mike Rabel's criticism. Maybe it was just Julio Jones coming back to being Julio Jones. But obviously the Titans are once again a good team. This is going to be a great matchup. Didn't I say two Julio Jones was going to come back this week when I, uh, in our last show? I think I did. I believe, I believe you did. <laughs> I believe you did. Falcons and Giants. Giants are kind of an enigma. You know, out of Daniel Jones, 32 completions, nine went to Sterling Shepard for 94 yards. Jones rushed for as many TDs as he threw. Saquon Barkley's yet to flash the brilliance, which led to his rookie season. I don't think there's much to like here, especially if you have something close to these guys. Here's why I would differ with that is Daniel Jones, to me, right now seems like he's taken that next step. True, Saquon Barkley is not what he was a year or two ago as a, as a result of this knee injury. So what the guy who stepped in the door in the running game is Daniel Jones. He's leading the Giants in rushing, passing. He looks decisive. Sterling Shepard is a, an excellent choice in the slot. I think Daniel Jones is an excellent choice. If, if you have him on your team, I would potentially start him this week because the Falcons just got blasted against the Buccaneers defensively. Tell me about the Falcons. Um, there's not really much to say there. No, I mean, again, they're getting – they have really nobody offensively that's stepping up. Um, Julio Jones is gone. Matt Ryan's certainly not completing the passes that he once did. And Calvin Ridley – and, um, you know, they have really no running game. Ridley has not been productive. Yeah, exactly. So no. I don't really see much there in the Falcons. That's why the only guy worth talking about here to me is Sterling, uh, is Daniel Jones and possibly Sterling Shepard. But I think they picked up Gallman, and Gallman's not even showed up. I mean, he's not, I mean, he's not even on the travel roster. He's not on, not on the, the 53-man roster, which kind of surprised me. Uh, Chargers are Chiefs. Uh, Char Chargers are a fun team to watch. Almost as fun as the Chiefs. And the worst thing about this game is it'll be an entertaining game, at least. You have to like Herbert here. You have to like Eckler, who had nine rushes and nine catches on nine targets. Uh, Keenan Allen, of course, Mike Williams, you got to start those guys. I think you get volume as well because the Chargers' D is terrible. And that means Kansas City scores often, which means the Chargers get the ball in more offensive plays. And I think Kansas City scores often because Kansas City scores often. They're just that good. I don't care who they got out there. And the problem, really, fantasy-wise, is as I look at the Chiefs, is you don't know who's going to show up one week to the next. The two guys that look to me that are going to be there every week is Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Um, you know, uh, as big of a game as um, uh, uh, what's the, the outside receiver's name? Um, um, McCall Hardman. No. Hardman? Uh, who? Oh, uh, you're talking about McCall Hardman? No, with the Chiefs. Oh, uh, um, smaller guy. 
Tyreek Hill. Yeah, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill can bust him wide open in game one and come back and not show up in game two. Uh, Hardman can show up big on a, on a long pass play and then not show up for a couple weeks. But I think two guys that always show up, again, Kelsey and Mahomes, and I think because of that reason, you know, Edwards Hilaire really hasn't established himself. I think he'll right. get there eventually. But he's a hard guy to start because you don't know if he's going to show up. Or I, not. So I, I love I that think, guy, but, you know, you're right. You're right on the money. He, he's, he's not an RB1 at this point. I don't think so. And, I, and like you had mentioned with the Chargers, I think they're kind of like the Kansas City Chiefs in waiting. You know, they've got a bunch of weapons themselves. And you mentioned Eckler and um, uh, Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert's on top of his game. The thing that killed them against Dallas was all the penalties. They had two penalties on stupid penalties called two touchdowns called back on penalties, two amongst the 12 that they had. And I think if they can just play solid, they don't have to be spectacular, just methodically get the ball going down the field. They got the weapons to to score a bunch of points. So that's why I think this team, uh, this game anyway, is going to be a good matchup. Bengals and Steelers, hear me and hear me now. I am not sold on Ben this week. And that was before the pectoral injury. Even though it's the Bengals, they're playing and he's due. I'm not sure the way this offense is playing, he's going to get over the hump. Uh, the defense lost four starters last week, including TJ Watt. We don't know if three of them will be back. Tyson Alalu fractured his ankle. He's out long term on offense. I'm not sure Deontay Johnson will be back. It, it seems that he's uh, just a questionable play this week. If he's not, if he doesn't play or he doesn't play up to snuff, then Juju's the guy who will pick up the slack and Look for more Claypool here as well. Now, I like Najee Harris, and hear me now. This is the prediction. Has his first 100-yard rushing game here. Okay, we're going to come back to you and check this out. Now, <laughs> this, is a, this is a traditionally a tough, you know, interdivision game, right. and the Bengals are looking to rebound too. I mean, they look great in week one, then they come back and stub their toe against the Bears. Burrow throws three interceptions on three consecutive passes. Uh, and, you know, uh, the guy who showed up, Jamar Chase, in week one was kind of non-existent in week two. I think the Bengals are that good that Zach Taylor loves to run the ball. That's why a guy like Joe Mixon is going to get back on his horse again, just the way, you know, they run the ball the way they're, the way Zach Taylor does. I mean, not Zach Taylor, but Sean McVay and LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan. They got a great running game. It mixes in with a great pass play action game. And that's why I think the Bengals are going to get back on track this week. I'm not saying they're going to win the game, but the Steelers against the defense, as you mentioned, that's hurting. I think the Bengals have stand a good chance of coming back uh, offensively strong this week. I got to ask you this because Ben got hit a lot last week and he got hit one really hard. I didn't think he was going to get up, but he did. 39 year old quarterback pectoral injury. That, that's a muscle injury in the stomach, right? Huh? Chest. It's, it's up here in your chest. In the chest, in this area, up yeah. here. That's right, the pecs. What am I thinking about? Um, I mean, I, I watch enough of AGT to know that that's the pecs, right? <laughs> uh, um, how much, for a quarterback, how much of a problem is that, that type of injury? I don't know. I don't know in what fashion he got hurt that area. I don't know if it was a direct hit. I, don't, I have no idea if it was a strain from throwing. I have no idea. It's not really a muscle you use to throw, though. The, the throwing muscle, the, it's all back here, you know, kind of the rear shoulder area. It's what you need to slow down your arm is what is the actual core 
musculature that's affected. So your chest muscle, when it comes to throwing, I don't know that it's all that much um, involved. So I don't think if Ben doesn't have a good game, I don't think it's going to be because, because of uh, a damaged pec muscle. Okay, cool. Uh, Bears at Browns. Browns will have a tough time with Bears this week. Mayfield hurt his shoulder, but likely he's going to play. He is questionable. I don't like him this week. Chubb and Hunt are certain. Landry and Beckham are both injured. Landry is questionable. Beckham is out. Matter of fact, I think Landry went on IR. Uh, that means Austin Hooper might be someone to look at as a flex play. Well, to flip over to the Bears, as you're looking at, at the Browns defensively, they're one of the better defenses. So the Bears, you know, we, I think we can assume at this point that, that Andy Dalton's probably not going to play, which means that Justin Fields will play. The most consistent player to me offensively for the Bears so far has been Dave Montgomery. The offensive line's played well enough that, you know, he has managed to gain enough yards both on the ground. He's been a good outlet for for the quarterback. Um, And I think you're going to see this week, if Justin Fields is the starter, and I believe he will be, uh, being able to check the ball down to your running backs is what, saves drives it it takes a no play or a no gain or a potential sack into a three four five six yard game just dumping the ball off so i think david montgomery's production himself is going to rise this week um i'm not so sure across the board that's going to that's going to mean you know that alan robinson cole Komet, and uh, mooney and these type of guys will elevate their games i just think justin fields has He's just got to get his feet underneath him. He himself is an actual addition to the running game, which right. I also think is going to help David Montgomery. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I think that way, I think, I think that cautiously I'd be optimistic about the bears hanging in there with the Browns this week, cautiously optimistic. That doesn't mean I'd be going to start a bunch of bears receivers though. Ravens at lions. The Ravens have been impressive, if not challenging. Uh, Lamar Jackson threw two interceptions but accounted for three TDs. Marquise Brown caught six for 113. Tyson Williams rushed for 77. I do like Mark Andrews here, of course, and I'm sticking with Latavius Murray again after nine carries for 36 on the score. To flip over to the Lions against Green Bay, what a great first half they had at Lambeau on Monday night. And here everyone was talking about Green Bay. Oh, it was just a, you know, we'll get this thing back right again. And and all of a sudden, the first half, they're down 17-14 going in at halftime. And I think the, the ability to finish that in the second half fell off of the Lions. And going forward, that's going to be their biggest uh, you know, hurdle to get over is can they establish that sort of tough, uh, resourceful mindset throughout the four quarters, not just two. But the guy who really shows up for them each week to me is the guy that's been doing it the last couple of years, and that's T.J. Hawkinson. <laughs> the problem for that scenario is that now you give a, a defensive coordinator like Don um, Martindale a week to prepare, he'll figure out a way how to make it tough to get the ball to Hawkinson, guaranteed, which means then who's going to show up next? I don't know who that guy is because Galladay is gone, Marvin Jones is gone, and they don't really have that guy yet. Maybe he's on the roster, maybe he's not. But until they get one that can come out there a couple weeks in a row and show, hey, you can rely on me on third down, long down the field. I can win tightly contested throws. Um, I don't know what that, who that guy is at this point. And, and Jared Goff, 
I don't think he's the kind of consistent week to week guy you can hang your hat on throwing the ball either. You know, first week, Goff looked like a first round draft pick. Second week, he looked like a guy who played for the Rams the last three years. You know, well, that's why he's no longer with the Rams, you know, exactly. and, and, and they're ecstatic over, um, you know, having Stafford? Matthew Stafford. Oh, yeah. And I think, I think that's where Jared Goff has to go. Wait a minute. I got something to prove here and, and not let, not go quietly into the night and onto Detroit and just be a guy. You got to go there and be the guy. And I think, you know, uh, that division, other than Green Bay, and they stumbled out of the gate, but other than Green Bay, there's really no team that's kind of got, you know, this is the offense. This is, you know, we're going to ride this team to a, you know, a 14 and, and three season. There's not that team out there right now, not in that division. So why not the Lions? Not still going to win that many games, but why not Jared Goff in terms of stepping up and making throws and pushing the ball down the field more than maybe you've been comfortable with in the past. Saints and Patriots, Mac Jones looks to be a good, solid game manager. His fantasy stats sucked last week, but he was being controlled in the second half. Now, I see a game this week featuring a fast pace, and I think Jones puts up some numbers, and I do like the Patriots' defense a lot this week. Funny how fantasy managers can look at a guy, how he plays the game, and go, his numbers suck. If you, if you ask me, I'll bet you Mac Jones might have gotten a game ball from Bill Belichick. Could have Probably been. after the defense for forcing the four interceptions. But Mac Jones is throwing over 70% of his passes or completing that many. He's not making any mistakes. He's making plays to keep drives going. You can call him a game manager. But when you show up and throw as well as he does, uh, not only just getting the team into the right plays, but on third down, avoiding the rush, getting first downs, keeping your offense on the field. Yes, he's not throwing for gaudy numbers. He's only got, what, one touchdown pass, I think. Right. But he's got no interceptions. So for a first-year guy, that's saying something. And, and he's got you – know, I'm telling you. I have to rely on the guys behind him, like the defense. I, I'm benching Ben this week, and I'm starting Mac Jones. So what can I tell uh, you? We'll know, see how and I'm goes, benching though. Zeke this week and starting Pollard. I got both of those guys. We'll get to him later. <laughs> but uh, go ahead and finish up on the Saints. No, no. I, I, when you start changing the background – uh, of your podcast here from Steeler Nation <laughs> to some other team, then you'll have No, me. no, that'll never happen. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> Cardinals and Jaguars. Kyler Murray turned into a must-play QB1 every week, and this week is no exception. Rondell Moore and Max Williams are decent plays here. DeAndre uh, Williams is a must-start, but he's a... I'm sorry, DeAndre Hopkins is a must-start, but he's getting the usual double coverage, and that leaves the door open for the other two. Well, we started earlier talking about Trevor Lawrence and how a little bit of a shaky start he's gotten off to this year. I'm like you. I feel like Trevor Lawrence is going to be an excellent quarterback in the NFL. The bad news, though, is right now he isn't. And so it makes it not only tough to start him if you have him, which I doubt more than people do, but it makes it even tougher to start if you've got a Jaguars offensive player on your fantasy team, unless it's the right matchup. That's going to be tough to do. And the Cardinals, I think, have snuck up on a lot of people this year, me included, defensively. And they're a tough out right now. So I don't – the Jaguars, who are 0-2 and not looking good while doing it, are playing one of the better teams right now in the Cardinals. This is a game I think I would – if I'm a Jaguars owner of any of those offensive players, I don't think I'd start them. 
Washington or Buffalo, you know, Washington may have found their guy. You really liked uh, Taylor Heineke a lot last week, and he delivered 336 yards, a pair of scores. I like him again this week, although not as much as against Buffalo. Uh, Terry McLaurin is his main target, so he's definite this week. But Antonio Gibson, I think, is in for another rough week. He's a flex at best. McKissick might be a fine due to the double coverage expected on McLaurin. Well, someone apparently left the light on, and Buffalo found their way back after that week one debacle loss to your Steelers. Right. Uh, and so far, Washington's defense uh, hasn't been able to produce, at least up front, what it did last year in 2020. So I like Josh Allen to start here, which means I also like Stephen Diggs. And um, Buffalo, I just think they're a resourceful group, especially offensively. Defensively, it's a stout team. They got talent everywhere. But offensively, I think Josh Allen uh, has now rebounded from that week one kind of mishap, and now he's back to being himself, which means, you know, offensively they're going to move the ball and score some points. That's the Broncos. Welcome to the NFL, Zach Wilson, huh? Threw four interceptions last week. Both of us said he'd have a very bad day. Well, he did. Going up against Denver, there isn't anyone on the entire Jets roster that I would even think about playing this week. And conversely, uh, there's probably not an offensive player with the Broncos that I wouldn't start right. if I had. We've been saying quite a while now the Broncos offensively, skill-wise, they've got a bunch of players. They just haven't had a guy really to pull the trigger consistently, and now look who stepped up. Teddy Bridgewater, as athletic as he is, one of the things he doesn't do, and I love this, is he doesn't just take off running. And he could, but he doesn't. He uses his athleticism, I think, to extend plays behind the line of scrimmage, kind of like Tyler Henneke. He'll move around a guy, force it like he's going to run, and then dump the ball off and create a big gain for a guy in, in the passing game. So I, for that reason, I think for the last, ever, really ever since Big uh, Banjo has gotten there, he's brought in a, a great defense. Now they've got a complimentary offense to go with it, and they're one of the better teams in this division. As you know, I've never been a Bridgewater fan, but I have to admit, Every time he goes to another team, he makes that team better. And, and like I say, he might have the best defense to, that's supporting him, and he also might have the best group of com complementary offensive players around him. Remember last year when he was in Carolina, they didn't have Chris uh, McCaffrey. Right. Dolphins and Raiders. Boy, the Raiders look good against Pittsburgh. Steeler D did not pressure Carr on the entire game especially after T.J. Watt went out. However, Carr did have an MRI this week, so keep an eye on the injury wires. It looks like he's going to go, but if he can't go, this is a different offense. Waller and Ruggs, they're certain. Renfro got picked up in a lot of leagues this week after two weeks of six catches each, and Drake, I think, may get more chances if Carr can't go. So keep an eye on Josh Jacobs, who looks like he's out again. Well, and to him, remember, he finished the game last week with a rib injury himself, and Jacoby Brissett got most of the snaps which I think is a good thing because not that two is hurt, but Jacoby Brissett, I don't think has gotten the due he deserves. Uh, he's played really well these last couple of years, especially last year for the Colts. You've been and, a big uh, fan of his from the start. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it goes beyond, I think that he just played at NC state, but he, to me, he makes good decisions. He's a good athletic quarterback. He's accurate with the ball. And I think now, you know, he's got, again, two has got a When two is healthy, He's a good quarterback. Jacoby Brissett's got the benefit now of being around the league a little while. He's got some great weapons there. 
I think, yeah, you know, between Waddle, Gaskin, Devontae Parker, there's some guys that can move the ball down the field for you. And if you've got a guy that can pull the trigger and make good decisions like Brissett can, that could be a good operation. Now, again, they're, they're matched up against the Raiders defense who's coming on this year as well. Seahawks and Vikings. I like everyone on Seattle this week. I even like Freddie Swain, who might be a really pretty good pickup. He's available in most leagues. Well, I could say the same here for the Vikings because Cousins, he's always that quarterback that never really – I don't know. He's not recognized as one of the top quarterbacks, but yet every year in fantasy football, he finishes very near the top in terms of yards, touchdowns, touchdowns, interception ratio. And here he's throwing for nearly five, uh, 300 yards a game after two. He's got five touchdowns, no interceptions. And in addition to Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson and Adam, Adam Thielen, now there's a new name, KJ Osborne, and who's been a consistent receiver both games. And included a 64-yard touchdown last week against the Cardinals, who have good defense. So I think the Vikings have some good weapons as well. Buccaneers at Rams. The Rams are at home. And they could hand Tom Brady his first loss of the season. Uh, this is the best D he's played against. And the Rams offense is working the ball with Stafford at the helm. The only concern here, uh, I think, is Daryl Henderson, who's questionable, which means Sony Michelle might get his first real test. Now, he did carry 10 times for 46 yards last week, but he's better than that. Uh, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Tyler Higby, they're all going to play key roles here. It almost These two teams almost are identical in the way that they love to run the ball more, but there really hasn't been any standout for the Bucs yet uh, in terms of the running game. And so, well, I guess so what? Because Brady and the receiving core, they've been stepping up and throwing the ball all over the yard as well. They got both got great defenses coming into this game. Uh, as you say, one of them's got to lose, and who knows? But I think you've got two great offenses. Both teams have excellent weapons all over the place. And so as far as who's going to win or lose, couldn't tell you there. But if you got anybody on either of these teams on your fantasy team, I'd play it. All right, we're talking Packers at 49ers. That's the night game. Aaron Rodgers rebounded from that game one stinker, put up four TD passes, 22 of 27, no picks. However, San Francisco is not Detroit. So look for Rodgers to be slowed down along with Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones maybe, not so much, but still not a big day. I think it's a Mason Crosby day with a lot of the field goal attempts here. Well, I think on the other side, the guy that's uh, done very well, despite everybody still clamoring for Trey Lance, is Jimmy Garoppolo. He shows up every week, kind of quietly goes about his job, uh, but they win. They win with him at quarterback. He makes great decisions. And they, they have not really had their running game like explode like people are used to seeing in the past. So they've relied on a solid running, uh, solid passing game, nothing spectacular just yet, and a very good defense. So I, I kind of like the way Garoppolo hangs in there. Um, and again, I think they're going to commit more this week to running the ball, um, which means that George Kittle's probably going to be the beneficiary of that. Once you get into the second half and the fourth quarter, those runs that start out being three, four, five yard become a little bit longer. Play action game becomes effective. Kittle down the middle. And then, you know, then you can start spreading the ball out. I like the 49ers. I think just uh, not necessarily to win the game, but I think I like the 49ers and the way they go about constructing this offense. And it's built around making good decisions, which Jimmy Garoppolo, though he doesn't get respect for it, I think has done a great job of that in the time that he's been there. Monday night, 
Eagles and Cowboys. I like the Cowboys here. I especially like Tony Pollard. Now he's outgained and outplayed Elliott both games against the Eagles. I see more. Elliott did pick it up last game. They started giving him the ball the first half instead of just in the second half. But he's still not heavily involved like in previous seasons. Uh, C.D. Lamb is a play. But keep an eye on Amari Cooper, who's questionable. Dak is going to rebound. Blake Jarwin, I think it's a solid pickup if you need a tight end. He's getting more involved in the offense. The thing I'll say about Tony Pollard, the bad thing, is that he doesn't have Ezekiel Elliott's agent. I think that's the one thing that's maybe (laughs) going to keep him a little bit more off the field than on it. Um, but I think you're right. He's really done well for himself this year. Flipping over to the Eagles, Jalen Hurts has really jumped on the scene. Not only the way he throws the ball, I think everybody's been impressed by the decisions he's been making. They, uh, but he's also the leading rusher. He's got 144 yards after a couple games. Um, and I think eventually he's going to latch on to Devontae uh, Smith consistently. That's the guy that's going to be their game breaker, but he's also a great route runner. And uh, until that happens, though, it's going to be hard to consistently bank on who is he going to throw the ball to. And they don't really have that consistent running game just yet. They're winning games. They're they're either winning games or staying in games because their defense is playing well and they're not making a ton of mistakes offensively. But I think to bank on any one player in the Eagles offense right now, other than Jalen Hurts, that would be tough. All right. Well, there you have it. Kramer and Brill Fantasy Football Podcast on Videocast too. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Lips, and Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also see the videocast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way. And for my friend and colleague, Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill. We'll see you next time.